0: against the law to commit suicide around here and yeah, that's against the law where I
1: come from too where do you come from heaven what would what, you say just a minute ago why do you want to save me Was it too much to have them work and pay and live and die in a couple of decent rooms and a bath anyway my father didn't think so this town needs this measly one-horse institution If only to have some place where people can come without crawling to Potter. I'm leaving right now. I'm going to school. This is my last chance. But they'll vote with Potter otherwise. You can't laugh off this Bailey Park
0: anymore.
2: Bailey family's been a boil on my neck long enough.
1: Do you realize what this means? It means bankruptcy and scandal and prison. That's what it means worth
3: more dead than alive why don't you go to the riffraff you love so much and ask them i suppose been better if i'd never been born at all all
0: right you've got your wish you've never been born you've been given a great gift george the chance to see what the world would be like without you
1: live again please god let me live again
3: transmission
4: will start in
5: five seconds from now five four
6: Welcome to the Christmas episode of the Waffle on Podcast. My name is Simon Medding, and
7: I'm Mark
6: Kelly. Hey, and how are you, sir? I'm not three bad, thank you very much, sir. How about yourself? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. We've got our Christmas drinks everywhere What have you got? Got a mulled wine. I've got a finest reserve port. Mm.
7: God, that's a bit man. You, uh, you're trying to gonna, you're going to try to get gout for Christmas. <laughs> well, look. We ain't got much else to do. <laughs> Is it port
6: that gives you gout? I think port. I think a lot of port can give you gout. Is that? The, I've got a Christmas hat on. To that. I'm going to take it off now because I'm really hot. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And now I've got bad hair. But thankfully, we are recording this podcast, but not a video podcast. I keep finding these. You know, every now and again, that suddenly a video podcast pops up with us, and the, the world's not ready for
7: that. No, 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 no. Never going never to happen. Never yeah. gonna. Unless we have plastic surgery, then we'll fucking be doing it. I well, like um, doing a face-off. Yeah, if we looked like Rob Lowe, we'd be, probably be doing it. And not Mickey Rourke. Yeah, not Mickey, because cool. Rob Lowe looked fucking amazing for a man who's fifty-seven.
6: I think I think he's had some work done. Oh,
7: he's got he can't look that younger, does he. <laughs> yeah, you think
6: Paul McCartney's had some stretching going on?
7: Yes. Yeah, he's, he's got a very, 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 uh, very stretched forehead. As I was looking at today in the paper.
6: Yeah, that's what I was looking at him today. Ringo Starr had tweeted something with him, and and that also I've, I've been I've been watching Ringo Starr for a bit now, and it, clearly he's dying his hair. Obviously he must yeah. do, but he don't seem to have changed much, does he? No, <laughs> no. nah. 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 You're right, yeah, right there. Apart from his peace and love, and his peace and love, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, how was your you celebrated a, a birthday uh, this week, and what did you do? Exactly, I
7: did like every other day the week for the last nine months. Watched the telly, read my book, had some food, had a pizza. That was it. Put my hat back on. What are you on? putting it back on for now?
6: Uh, I'm sick of seeing how bad my hair looks at the moment.
7: No, no, it was very... he's sort of going like a cone head. Yes, exactly, yes. I'm <laughs> putting <laughs> back on.
6: <laughs> so, did, did you get anything nicer? Any nice presents?
7: I did have some nice stuff. Emma bought me... Electric, you know I'm getting old. Bought me new, bought an electric razor. Right, i nice. been on the for ages because... I've got two. This really, really bad things. But I've got really, really soft skin, and I can't shave. With, with razor, it just cuts my skin. Whatever I do, I've tried every concoction. It just cuts my skin. Yeah. Uh, and I went to the That's chemist
6: to cheap razor blades.
7: That worked, man. It's easier buying. I bought the really, really expensive ones. I went to the chemist about it, right? Saying yeah. what is it? He said, oh, basically, some people can't use razors because it's too my skin's too soft. <laughs> this is why I am the boy who never growed up. Uh, <laughs> So I have to use electric razor. So I got that. She bought me some Jack Daniels. Oh, uh, some Frere Rushay because I love Frere Roche yeah. uh, And she bought me a book on Northern Ireland politics. Nice festive present. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get? You want to
6: bother those um, those DVDs, right. I, um, Steve? No,
7: Stephen? I you would like, like to bother them, but I'm not. I do not want to talk to Lawrence about the IRA. Right. I do not want to get into a debate about.
6: I, I think I think he's got rid of them because he said he, said he just he said he felt he needed to uh, watch five minutes of it to say that he'd watched it, and uh, he said I think you, you think I think been beaten them. <laughs> because it's like that. Nah, that's the thing. So you, you you've not you've not jumped on my bandwagon of growing a large beard then. I can't. Don't he doesn't
7: do it with me. It makes me look a bit weird. It makes it look a tramp. What are you saying? <laughs> no, you're all right because you it suits you. It's nice and thick. Mine yeah. just looks like it's like I've like a crackhead on the streets or something. It's like too patchy. It's really really patchy. Your matching it look really withdrawn. I don't oh, look okay. ill. <laughs> just like yeah. Oh, it looks like like I've got fucking AIDS. I don't I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't look like that. I don't want that look. <laughs> that's very that's very Christmas-y. <laughs> yeah, I
6: Yeah, <guess. laughs> I'll, I'll go. In. Did you watch the? Um... I don't suppose you watched the Christmas edition of uh, Gino Gordon and Fred?
7: I've got it recorded. I'm going to save it for Christmas because the TV's so bad. I'm trying to build stuff up for Christmas. Is it's it
6: good? Very, it, it's a bit like um, how Top Gear used to be. A little bit. It, it's it's very it's very funny. Gino DiCampo, Campo. I, honestly, the things he wears on it. <laughs> Gordon just does not get his tackle out one bit, but the other two, because they're proper Europeans, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Are, are happy to get. But I'm a massive Fred Stuyaks fan. I, I saw him on um, uh, James Martin this morning, and uh, I was watching because I, I mean I've never watched those blind date them what dates? Yeah, yeah, right so Snap Masters. I do like that. That's yeah, brilliant. the new one of that coming out. It's all about Quality Street. Oh, I watched the Domino's one. That was quite good, weren't it? I oh, wasn't it. You know, I'm going to have to start. I'm going to have to watch him because I've only seen a good. couple. I've not watched the Domino's one.
7: Yeah, there's like an Italian an Italian pizza chef that did some bloke in London having to make a Domino's pizza. Oh, God. And he was so pissed off with it all. You can see this. But he kept saying it was disgusting. He kept it all the way over This is disgusting. But it's quite good.
6: It's quite a yeah. good programme. It's a good one. Oh, but at the end of the day, pizza dough is is basic pizza dough. You can't. I mean, you're supposed to. You well, flat- that's what
7: I thought, and they showed you where they, they go to the Domino's place where they make their and it's like it's a secret recipe, and that's where they had really bad trouble making it. Was it was the pizza dough because it's so unique. I've got I've got
6: proper Italian um, pizza flour. I, it cost me sixteen pounds to buy this bag of flour. And I've also got semolina wheat flour, which cost me another 13 quid. And that's what mm. I met my pizzas with. And I bought it from that deli in Birmingham that I went to the other week. And I tell you what, you notice the difference. Really good. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Expensive. But I'm I sure the
7: listeners like. want to know that. I'm sure the listeners are <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure they want to listen to uh, the five-minute talk about flour. I'm sure that's... <laughs> <laughs> well, what are we talking about, Cal? We're talking about It's a Wonderful Life, which
6: I've never seen before. Well, I'm looking for because we have not talked to no. so each talk other. I
7: nearly texture you after I watched it last night, but I thought, no, 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 I'll just talk about it tomorrow. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, well, there's a lot of love for this, but what do we do before we talk about it? Are you going to play the theme tune?
6: We are going to play a the theme tune. now let me just get let me just get the old Tinterweb up here a minute Um, there's a lot of love for this film we had um, a load of people liking it I'm just going to read out those people who who liked it on Facebook Um, uh, Natalie Meddings I know who she is Pete Uh you, Nigel Bromley, Louise Helen, Grant Curnow, Mike Royal, Steve Krusty, McDonald and Chris Parks. and we had quite a few comments so Here's the comments uh, for them. I thought I'd read them out because it seems, you know, that means that we asked for it. It goes, Steve McDonald. I also thought, of course, Kel, that we, we also know what we're doing in January. What are we doing in January? Lost in Translation. Lost in Translation. So, uh,
7: good thing, meds, it's on Netflix. Oh, is it? Yeah. It is because I saw it the
6: other day. <laughs> it yeah. started watching it before, we, before you suggested it.
7: Yeah, it's just that, like what well, I was talking to you about the other day. Where, you know, I think we, I want to open up the film world a bit. Like yeah. We do what we love, and but me and you generally like certain kinds of films. What, what, was, what was it described as by your good lady? A sausage fest. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, in a way, I can see that. Yeah. And I'm not. we're not going to do things we don't like, but, you know, I thought in all the times we've done, we've never done sort of a romantic stroke, non-romantic comedy, have we? Never done it. Well, yeah, and I suppose Lost in Traction is that
6: as well. What other film would you class as a, a, a slightly romantic but not romantic film? Annie Hall. Annie Hall?
7: Yeah, I think yeah. it's Woody Allen's masterpiece because they don't get together. And no. I think it's a great film, and that's I'm not. I don't want to do like a romantic comedy where the the bloke comes in to whip the woman off his off her feet. I don't want that. But I like the more ambiguity, like less in translation. You don't know, do you? You don't know. As we'll talk about in it, Annie Hall, the don't get together. You know, I think I want to. You know, I want to just not do schmaltzy stuff because that's not me and you. No. But there is other films we like that are rough genre, and it'd be nice to maybe. We you know, I still do all the cool stuff we love, but I mean maybe to do a film that maybe other people might like that are not into complete violence. <laughs>
6: <laughs> well I think I think this year has has and I think we psychologically we've probably done it without realising the fact because it's been a bit of a bit of a shit year, we've almost regressed back to our childhood slightly and started Definitely. watching films films
7: yeah, And we started- said we're not about nostalgia, are we? Yeah no but you know look sounds in the Greek terms it's memories of a dead soldier that's what that means So and it holds you back so I don't want to do I want to open up the world in film, still do cool stuff and horror films but the family so genre is a film we've never touched on isn't that
6: well yeah and I think I think we're looking at also do, uh, picking some films that maybe both me and you haven't seen yeah, and uh, it, uh, hold them like I mean I, I just showed you that I and mean, I'm not saying we're going to do this but I bought this film called uh, The Way Ahead from 1944 starring David Niven and William Hartnell. I'm not saying we're going to do that. But I've never seen it. And it's like, oh, well, I've never seen it. I read about it because I'm reading a book on William Hartnell. And I thought I'm going to buy it. So I think we'll probably do stuff like that. We'll, we'll both talk about a film that we haven't seen and think, OK, one of us will pick it up and then and then do that as well. So we're we kind of like opening up the range. But going back to yeah. this one, let's read some of these things on Facebook. Uh, Steve McDonald has turned around and said, both great films, boys. Thoroughly looking forward to hearing from both of uh, Hearing from both of you, waffling season greetings to you both, which is very nice of him. Uh, Steve Kruss says, brilliant, can't wait. Uh, best Christmas movie ever. I uh, Saw it at a picture house cinema last year and it was even better on the big screen. The first time I saw it, it wasn't the movie I was expecting, having only seen the final scene of George running down Bedford Falls High Street shouting Merry Christmas to everyone. It's quite a tough watch until the end, which is so worth the journey. Love it. And Lister is a big fan of it. He wants to live in Bedford Falls. Yeah. Uh, great work, guys. Um, keep it up. Merry Christmas. Just Adams. I think it's the best Christmas film. It's not soppy, sentimental or OTT. I argued with a colleague who said George was horrible and selfish. Really? Um, she's missing Whoa. the picture and seeing it out of context. Looking forward to the cast. I think that's the worst. That's the total opposite of what it is. Uh, my wife to me and said, my wife. Uh, said, great film. Richard Monks uh, Will it be the black and white Or the colour version I turned around and said Do you even need to ask That Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I we'll have a
7: look at that It's not bad But no, nah. It is, is alright isn't it uh, And Rob,
6: Rob I said something But uh, he can wait <laughs> <laughs>
7: um, So
6: before we go Before we go into it um, Do you want me to read out the, the stuff about the people In this film Or do you want to uh, Or shall we ask <laughs> No the usual way You do your cast list And that first OK, so the, the, the basic premise of this film, we will all go through the film, is George Bailey is a man who has given up his dreams to help others and whose imminent suicide on Christmas Eve brings about the intervention of his guardian angel, Clarence Oddbody. Clarence shows George how he, George, has touched the lives of others and how different life would be for his wife Mary in the community of Bedford Falls. Now, this was directed, produced and part-wrote by the wonderful Frank Capra, often forgotten about, I think. Now, he was born uh, Frank, uh, Francesco Roselio Capella on May the 18th,
4: 1897.
6: What? Uh, <laughs> uh, in Sicily. Uh, he died September the 3rd in 1991. So he was 94 years old. So he had a cracking life. Um, of course, he's done a lot of films, mainly with, with James Stewart, which we'll come on to. Now, we have talked about James Stewart before because we have done Rear Window. Um, But I think it's fairly obvious that, you know, the films that Jimmy Stewart has done, I mean, he was born May twenty fifth, 1908 He passed away at the age of 89. But, I mean, Frank Capra's Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, which he did just before he left for the war. And the ironic thing is, is that um, It's a Wonderful Life was the first film James Stewart did when he came back from the war. He had a different idea of filmmaking at that point. Um, Donna Reed, who plays Mary Hatch, was born Donna Bella Morengi on January the 27th, 1921. Passed away in 1986, just 64. What I didn't know, which I found quite interesting, was later in her career, Donna Reed replaced Barbara Bell Geddes as Miss Ellie Ewing, a follow in the 1984-85 season of the TV series what? Dallas. Um, she did end up suing the production company, though. When she was abruptly fired upon the other woman's uh, return. So there we go. Lionel Barrymore played Mr. Potter, born Blye, so Lionel Herbert Blythe on April the twenty-eighth, eighteen seventy-eight, in Philadelphia. He died uh, in nineteen fifty-four. He is also particularly remembered as Ebenezer Scrooge in the annual broadcasts of A Christmas Carol during his last two decades. He's also known for playing Dr. Leonard Gillespie in MGM's nine, nine, Dr. Kildare films. I didn't know there was nine of them.
4: Nine um, of them? I
6: thought there was only one. <laughs> yeah, I guess say so, yeah. Um, a role reprised in a further six films focusing solely on Gillespie and in a radio series titled The Story of Dr. Kildare. He was a member of the theatrical uh, Barrymore family. Uh, not Michael. We, uh, we put it. And the last one here, Thomas Mitchell plays Clarence. Uh now, he was um, born on the 15th of March, 1874. <laughs> yeah. Ow. He died in 1965, aged 91. The music that we heard earlier uh, was by Dimitri Tionmiki, and it was released by RKO on December the 20th, 1946. He had a budget of 3.8 million and initially only made 3.3 million, but he has, of course, made a lot more okay. since. So, um, before we actually go through the film, come on then, what did you think of it?
7: I put it on, right, and I thought, Emma had gone gone to see her sister, so I had her nice and quiet. The first five minutes, I thought, I'm going to hate it because it's all that stuff with the fucking garden and all that, right, and the angels, and I thought, oh, no, because I'm such an atheist, I hate anything like that. I thought, oh, no, it's not fucking biblical, blah, blah, blah. And then I thought, no, no, I'm going to be neutral, watch it neutral, And by the end, I absolutely loved it. (laughs) It's not. Now, you know me. I have, as my mum said, I haven't got a heart. I've got a swinging brick. So. So uh, I thought, you know, it's not my cup of tea. You know, I'd never pick a film on my own to watch that. But I watched it and I really, really enjoyed it. And then by the end of it, I actually really liked it. Because I think there's a difference between enjoying something and liking it. I think you can enjoy something you don't like, really. You can sort of get through it if it's not your kind of film. But I genuinely liked it by the end. And it did get me emotional at the end. Which, for fucking me... Because I mean, I'll cry about something. He's a fucking robot dying, which my wife says is really weird. When people die, I'm not bothered. When a robot dies in a film, I'd be crying my bloody eyes uh, But no, I think I won't like crying my eyes out, but I did well up at the end. And I thought, yeah, that film's done exactly what it's meant to do. And as a piece of cinema, it's a perfect piece of cinema. Everything is good about it. I think it's the best thing I've ever seen Jimmy Stewart in. And yeah. you know, I love Jan Stewart a lot, but. He's so good at that role as George Bailey. He's so good at it. And everything's perfect. The sets are perfect. The music's perfect. It's not too sentimental, because that's what I don't really like, but it's the right level of sentimental. There's no schmaltz in it, which I don't like. Even the M bit makes sense, because remember, because I've never seen it before. So all I knew about it was the Angel and the Wings bit. And yeah. out of context, I'm thinking, oh, God. Is that what it's going to be like? But that makes sense because it's all the way through it and you've got about the angel trying to get his wings, haven't you? And it makes yeah. sense. And the bit with the till, with the till ringing and all that stuff. And it made sense. And I like the way it didn't wimp out because I thought, all right, Potter's going to get his comeuppance. But he didn't. And that's what I liked about it. I thought, oh, no, it's going to be the end. He's going to come in with some money as well. But he didn't. And I thought, all right, that's actually quite tough that... He actually, uh, you know, he actually won. He, he won what he was trying to do, didn't he? But in the end, he didn't. But he never gave in, and I like that side of it as well. So I really enjoyed. It. I really enjoyed it.
6: Um. So, what what part of it did you get a bit emotional to at the end? Was it all the the,
7: end the money the funny stuff at the end where they're all giving yeah. the money? Um, a no. Do you know? I didn't even notice it, right? And I was watching it, right? And all of a sudden, you know, when your eyes go a bit watery, and I thought, well, that's a bit weird, because you know, it's like it's. <laughs> because it never happens to me watching films It just doesn't, you know what I mean The last time I got emotional in a film Was probably t- train Spotting 2 yeah. You know, because it's so sad isn't it and, a, and, a, and that, oh that's a bit weird And also I have almost a bit, I won't like crying But I thought oh, I had some emotional response In a film, and I like that about film It's guttural It's not yeah. about your brain yeah, It's yeah. about your gut isn't it, or your heart If you want to say it and that's what I liked about it. It hit me. And I thought, oh, have without even thinking about it. And like I said, when I started watching it, and thinking, because the first half hour, it's quite slow, isn't it? And I thought, oh, no, it's going to be really slow. Then the next time, I thought, oh, yeah, it's finished. Mm. And that's when I know a good film, when you lose, when you lose time, when you're not right. thinking about time. Because, you know, it's like if you're watching a film that you don't really like or you're made to watch it, you end up looking at your watch all the way through trying to time it, don't you? I think
6: you're right, yeah. And, and the, the great thing about the fact that you, you this is the first time you watched it is, unfortunately, if you do watch it again the next time, because you know what's coming, you kind of can't wait to get to that bit where yeah, 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 yeah. he sees that, you know, a lot of people, it's not just him, there's a lot of people out there that, that kind of love him and come to help him, you know, whether it's just a few dollars here. And even the person who's come along at the end to arrest him,
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. put
6: some money into the hat, you know, and, and joins him with a Christmas thing. And you do, you do get to kind of like, you know, you, you do end up waiting for that, for that bit, really. Yeah. But it is, I think, I think that's the reason why people say this is the ultimate Christmas film. Oh, that and Planes, Trains and Automobiles, which, of course, is supposed to be a Thanksgiving film. But it both has the same sentimentality. The bit where George suddenly realises that, or the community that he's helped. And helped put them in really nice looking homes. You know, that, yeah, the, that yeah. estate looks like a beautiful place to live. Which is also later on. You'll find that as a nodding back to the future. Um, But also the fact that um, you kind of really do see that him helping people. You see, let's face it, there's a load of people who help people in the the day and they never get noticed. I think that's what's important about about this film. But is in playing trains, and automobiles. The emotional bit about that is is when um, Neil Page is on the tram going home. And he's starting to think about all the stuff they've, they've come up with. And it, it, it suddenly pieces together little bits of information and realises that Dell doesn't have anyone to go home to. And yeah. the emotional bit about that in Planes, Trains, and Mortbills, it's not the bit where they go back to Neil Page's house where you've got the, the wife opening the door. Yeah. It's not that. The emotional bit about that film is when uh, Neil walks into that bus station and Dell's sitting there. Yeah, that's the emotional pull, and 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 you look at those two; it's both the same kind of thing. Someone's come back to help him, and in this in this film, the whole community has come to help him. Yeah. And you and like anything, it's kindness in it. And at the end, and especially this year, I think we can all turn around and say that the mo- the most important thing at Christmas we can look at is kindness. And when you yeah. see it on the screen and done so well, it does it, it, it does yeah, yeah. and it's it's it true. does this day. And I've seen it's a wonderful life for the past thirty odd years. Yeah. I watched it every year. Without fail. And every time I well up, like you, like you, you know, you don't sit there like... Oh. You don't <laughs> cry, you just well oh, up. Yeah. You know,
7: oh, there's a bit of dust in my eye. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. being a man, I think that's not something, and that's not a sexist comment. But being a man, you very rarely get in that emotional, that emotional state. So yeah. when it hits, it's quite, under, it's quite overwhelming, isn't it? Because you think, bloody hell, it can knock me for six. It's like a cynical bastard like I am, who watches generally violence and horror. That is what I watch, they're my two things. So I never I never have an emotional response like that. I get angry or excited or scared, but very rarely have the other way. And mm. when it hits you, it's quite unnerving, isn't it? Because you think, bloody hell, I'm like a 47-year-old cynical bastard. <laughs> and it's still making me, it's still making me like, sort of well up and have an emotional response to a film. It's what I love about cinema. I yeah. just think nothing else can do to you like, like cinema can. You it's can draw you into something completely.
6: I might be a lot taller and bigger and hairier than what you are, but I'm the yeah. I'm the opposite because I get I'll see you up at undercover boss
7: USA. Yeah, <laughs> you're a lot more you're a lot more of an emotional person than I am. I'm not... like you know just because well, the way things turn out and you know, like so I ain't like that. So for that it's like bloody out. You know a film that's like eighty years old, whatever it is, or fifty years, sixty odd years can still that do do that to me because i watch films like that have been made to make and i'm not talking about things with animals because they're just like like Marley and me that film is so cynical isn't it you know what's going to happen the dog's gonna die and everyone's going to be upset and i hate that kind of sentimentality <laughs> where, with an animal you know what's going to happen don't you? Uh, yeah yeah uh, that
6: doesn't
7: it doesn't you work well last that didn't it watching lassie where it's like yeah it's just going to upset you every week what's the point in that upsetting you for upsetting sake. Yeah. Where the sadness in this is not sadness; it's like a, it's sort of elation, isn't it? At the end, and you know, all together, and that's why I like the bit. If Potter would have come in with the money, I think it would have ruined it. Yeah, yeah. I, know, See, I if think come out, I realise my ways. That would have that would have completely ruined it, mm. wouldn't it? And that's what I like about it. He didn't try to be screwed. Because if that would have been a screw story, he would have given the money back, wouldn't he? I saw him drop the money, but he didn't. He didn't, and I love that side of it. Yeah, I mean,
6: that, that's like a really kind of like, um, uh, you know, that whole, I mean, we'll get to it when we talk about the when we talk about the film. But, um, you know, the, the whole thing that, I mean, you do get annoyed by um, the the uncle, you know, loses the money. I think it's the uncle. But when he loses the money, you then go, oh, my God. You know, and you see it, you see that you see him, Put it in the paper, and you see, and give it to Potter, and then you go, "Oh my god!" And I think that guy probably causes George Bailey more grief uh, than any other character in the in the film. Yeah, yeah. Well, right, so do you want to go through? Um... Yeah, let's just go for it then. I made, you know what? I, I'm going to have to quickly skim as I'm going along because I made one, two, three, four pages worth of notes on it. Bloody hell, it's... I don't know. I don't. Know. I don't know why. <laughs> so let's just We'll skip we'll skip through some of it Because hopefully A lot of our wonderful listeners Have Of uh, have, have watched this film Now we did watch The black and white version But the colour version That's on the DVD I gave you Is actually pretty good
7: Compared to the Lauren ones We watched when we were Growing up The colourised ones Were just bloody awful Weren't they Oh yeah Do you remember them Lauren ones They just looked really weird They were really
6: odd Didn't they That fake colour It just looked like Somebody else had Penciled them in I've just topped up My port by the way Yeah How's your wine getting on
7: God, it's not bad. Like I said, I like it, but it's like I've got to put cinnamon in it, and I have run out of cinnamon. Uh, I thought you would have had a um, a bourbon. I haven't really bought me bourbon yet. Emma bought me a butler. Like I said had a butler Jack, but I'm going to get one. Like we're going shopping later, so I'm going to get myself some uh, some bourbon. I don't know what I, I like that Shivers uh, Regal, so I'm going to see if they got any Shivers Regal. So what, uh, is, it, is it a normal bottle of Jack Daniels, or was it like the honey one? Honey one because
6: I love it. Oh, I have you know. had the honey one? I can't drink Jack Daniels, can I?
7: Honestly, mate, it's with the honey, Honey, it's so lovely. So it's really different. It's really, really different. Yeah, get another one. You can only have, like, one or two of them. You wouldn't drink that. You'd be fucking sick. But yeah. it's good. Yeah, it's good.
6: Well, I'm still not, uh, I'm not allowed to drink Jack Daniels, so it's... What for me? I'm
7: okay, sure so like sure, bloody Popeye spinach, innit? <laughs> <laughs>
6: yeah people just best move and I have that yeah 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 and so we watched the black and white version there was, there has been several versions of the colour versions made two of them were illegal this one that is on the DVD is the proper version that was done and actually I, I watched five minutes of the film with it in and like didn't just, did. well. yeah. it's alright
7: but there's no need
6: now there's a thing at the beginning of the film where it starts off in Bedford, uh, Bedford Falls where it's everyone sending wishes and the best for George Bailey
2: I owe everything to George Bailey Help him, dear father. Joseph, Jesus, and Mary. Help my friend, Mr. Bailey. Help my son, George, tonight. He never thinks about himself, God. That's why he's in trouble. George is a good guy. Give him a break, God. I love him, dear Lord. Watch over him tonight. Please, God, something's the matter with Daddy. Please bring Daddy back hello joseph trouble looks like we'll have to send someone down a lot of people asking for help for a man named george bailey george bailey yes tonight's his crucial night you're right we'll have to send someone down immediately whose turn is it that's why i came to see you sir it's a clockmaker's turn again Oh, Clarence hasn't got his wings yet, has he? We've passed him up right along Because you know, sir, he's got the IQ of a rabbit Yes, but he's got the faith of a child Simple Joseph, send for Clarence He sent for me, sir? Yes, Clarence A man down on earth needs our help. Splendid. Is he sick? No, worse. He's discouraged. At exactly 10.45 p.m. earth time, that man will be thinking seriously of throwing away God's greatest gift. Oh, dear, dear, his life. Then I've only an hour to dress. What are they wearing now? You will spend that hour getting acquainted with George Bailey.
0: Sir, if I should accomplish this mission, I mean, uh... Might I perhaps win my wings? I've been waiting for over 200 years now, sir, and people are
2: beginning to talk. What's that book you've got there? Oh, <laughs> The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Clarence, you do a good job with George Bailey, and you'll get your wings. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Poor oh, George. Sit down. Sit down? What are we... If you're going to help a man, you want to know something about him, don't you? Well, naturally, of course. I'll well, I... keep your eyes open. See the town? Where? I don't see a thing. Oh, I forgot you haven't got your wings yet.
7: Well, as I said, that's what I'm saying. In the first one, as but as a thought I am oh, no, I'm gonna not stop out bloody garden. And I don't like anything, I never liked the greatest store, I never liked anything films. But as you go on, it's not you realise it's sort of not. It is just the the great the, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. The uni. I said the, the best way, is call it the universe, isn't it? The universe is trying to do good things. And you can put religion onto that, like you said, but it could be just like Bloody Scientology. Could be some kind of grand... The, the, earlier on today, The Greatest Story Ever Told was on BBC Two. Oh, I, I hated all them films growing up. I can't stand them. <laughs> you like <laughs> Jesus Christ Superstar, though, a weirdo. What about Jesus and Nazareth? <laughs> uh, Is that the one with Robert Powell, it? Yeah. I like Robert Powell a lot, so that's a little bit. That's all I right, like, that one. Yeah. Now, here's the man who's aged really well, Robert Powell, you know? He looks weird. Really also, he makes a brilliant-looking Jesus.
6: Yeah. <laughs> For a westernized version of Gigi. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I, mean? yeah. I mean? I mean, I, like, I quite like it because I think it is it's, it is a great story. It is one of the greatest stories ever told, there's no question about it. Um, and probably the best time to play it at Christmas, I guess. Yeah, um, Now, the whole point of this is that George constantly is helping other people, and the galaxy up there tells Clarence that he's going to have to help him. And that's the whole point about this. I do love, though, the fact that this transfers on between around about 10 years, this story is, but when you yeah, first well. see it and it clearly states the class of 1928 now do you do you like the old dance floor swimming pool bit do you, no do you
7: know what that I just said i said to my wife earlier when she that's my favorite bit isn't it is it really it's the dance bit because one I was just saying don't you think when you take a step back and think about like the charleston it's the most ridiculous dance in the world yeah but it's so really you know, dance it's like that I mean that it's like that Oh yeah What kind of of dancing's that? That's what I like about it, right Then I was watching, afterwards then I was watching some things on YouTube The people doing the Charleston in the 30s legs it yeah. and it shows you how drunk everyone was and also yeah
6: well because it was after prohibition well that, yeah you know, everyone's just going mad weren't they <laughs> what i do like about the fact that jimmy stewart is quite a lanky fellow yeah when he does the, knee, when he does the hands and hands on the knees kind of dance it does look incredibly <laughs> incredibly wonderful um now dude throughout this film there's only two locations from the film that survive uh, the first is the swimming pool uh, that was unveiled during the high school dance sequence. This is located in the gymnasium at Beverly Hills High School and is still in use as of 2013. Oh, the second right. is to Martini home, La Canada, Flintridge, California. Is RKO's movie ranch in NCO was raised in 1954. So is there those two now? The, the swimming pool was used in another film as well, but unfortunately I don't know what it was. No,
7: he's,
6: How old was Jimmy Stewart when he was doing this film? Okay, so Jimmy Stewart, let me just grab my notes again. He was born in 1908, and this film came out, what did I say? It came out in... It did, yeah. Oh, yeah, it came out in 1940, um, 1946. Oh, so, well, just... 40. Bloody hell. Uh, No, no, 30...
7: 38.
6: 30 30 30, 38. And he played... does not look 38, does it? No, well, they age him for this film. Here we go. Uh, James Stewart plays George Bailey from the age of 21 to 38 from the Night of the School Dance in 1928 um, to the Christmas uh, 1945. Stewart was 37-38 stroke years old during the April to July 1946 film. And 25-year-old Donna Reed plays Mary from the age of 18 to 35. Um, The year during which Potter offers George a $20,000 salary,
7: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
6: Uh, We don't know what year round about that is, but assuming it takes place is 1939. Now, $20,000, which is quite a lot of money anyway, in 1939 is equivalent in purchasing power to about, get this, $372,807.19 in 2020, a difference of $352,000 over 81 years. 1939 was a year of deflation with a rate of minus 1.42%. So that's, a, I mean, he's offering him a, a yearly wage of 372000 yeah, Why would you turn it down? <laughs> <So> <laughs> you wouldn't. I'm all for morals. I think morals are great. It's the best thing you can have in life. You wouldn't turn that money down. No. You could do that job for two years. Yeah. <laughs> and resign yeah. and rebuild your own thing. Can you? Yeah.
7: You wouldn't, would you? That's it. That's the unrealistic bit about that. So someone offered you that amount of money, then you'd fucking snap their hands off it. And this is
6: this is this is the kind of year in which um, to cement a deal. You get given a cigar. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The whole dance the the dance floor thing is is
7: great, and I love the fact that everyone joins. Everyone joins. Yeah, but again, that's a bit why I like that bit as bad because I thought, all right, are we going to have like a Porky's moment here where it's all horrible and everyone's going to laugh and it's going to get, but everyone joins in. That's why I like that bit. Even the older people jump, jump, jump in the water because you think yeah. that could go. Oh, with him getting angry and everyone laughing at him. But now they all jump in together, and I like that bit again. Oh, it's, it's not cynical. This film, it's not cynical.
6: I did, I did like that bit as well, where you see the the old people jump in, but you don't actually see it. They just jump out of shot. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> really not Now, obviously, they're going home. they have to wear like different clothes because they've been totally soaked. And this is where you first see the old, the old house that they do original by called the old Granville House. You see, where well, he says hey, if you make a wish.
1: Mary, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow and the next day and next year and a year after that. I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet and I'm going to see the world. Italy, Greece, the Parthenon, the Colosseum. Then I'm coming back here and go to college and see what they know. And then I'm going to build things. I'm going to build airfields. I'm going to build skyscrapers a 100 stories high. I'm going to build bridges a mile long. Well, you going to throw a rock? Hey, that's pretty good. What'd you wish, Mary? Buffalo gals, can't you come out, tonight? Tonight, can't you come come out, out tonight? tonight? Can't you come out tonight? Can't you come, come out tonight? Buffalo gals, can't you come out tonight? Out dance by, by the light of, of the, of the moon. moon. What'd you wish when you threw that rock? Oh, no. Come no. on, tell me. If I don't, it might not come true. What is it you want, Barry? Mary? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. I'll give you the moon, Mary. I'll take it. Then what? Well, then you could swallow it. And it all dissolve, see? And the moonbeams that shoot out of your fingers and your toes and the ends of your hair. Am I talking too much? Yes! Why don't you kiss her instead of talking at her to death? How is that? Why don't you kiss
3: her instead of talking at her to death?
1: Want me to kiss her, huh? Uh, oh,
3: you just wasted on the wrong people.
6: Hey. Uh and you want to move you want a, you want the moon I'll pull it down with a lasso. Yeah. Uh and the old guy says, "Why don't you kiss her instead?" Now this is an interesting yeah, fact. Yeah, yeah. But the scene that required Donavie to throw a rock through the window of the Granville house Director Frank, Crap- Frank Capra hired a marksman to shoot it out on cue. What? To everyone's amazement, Donna Reed broke the window by herself as she had played baseball in high school and had a strong throwing arm.
7: Oh, That's amazing. That's amazing,
6: nice, nice, isn't it? Now, apparently it turns out that um, George's father has a massive stroke and the Bailey Loans, which is the building they all own, is going to be dissolved and George then has no choice but to stay. It is mentioned, of course, that George constantly wants to go and you Know travel and do this and do that. I'd like to ask you a bit when we see George as a young boy, um, when he saves Mr. Gower, the yeah. pharmaceutical guy, from um, what well, how, how did you feel during that film? I'd love to know how you were emotional with the way that he get the boy, the George, young George gets beaten
3: I'm right away. Don't you know that boy's very sick? You sorry, my sore here?
6: You lazy loaf. <laughs>
3: Mr. Gower, you don't know what you're doing. You put something wrong in those capsules. I know you're under, me. B. You got the telegram and you're upset. You put something bad in those capsules. It wasn't your fault, Mr. Gower. <laughs> just looking to see what you did. Look at the bottom you took the powder from. It's poison, I tell you, it's poison. <laughs> I know you feel bad. I do know. Don't
7: do my story again. Don't do my story again. Oh, no, no, no. story again. oh God. <laughs> oh, well, that's what I'm saying, that the bloody We grew up in that time where another adult would would smack you. That you know, that just and even then it was even harsher, weren't it? But mm. I remember getting a clip round here by all other people that weren't my parents. I don't know if you did, I did.
6: Yeah.
7: I remember I'd... doing thinking an old bloke a bloke come out and slap me round the bloody a horse when it's been in his garden. Think about <laughs> no, it now. He could have been the local pervert. Think about <laughs> <your mate>. it. <laughs> just realise that. Just that now. Oh, Al? Is that why no. he <laughs> kept going back? Yes. That's quite This it's come to me now. Anyway, no, but that beats horrible because, you know, it's a horrible scene that is, isn't it? The way he's really drunk and his son's died and he makes, you know, saves him with the poison and he still beats him up. And it's like, bloody hell. And that's one of them bits that made me realise I was going to like this film, because it didn't pull away from a horrible thing happening. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, really good,
6: that, I bit. That. That, that scene is where we see a young George who wor- is working the local, it's basically like it's a pharmaceutical grocery it's store. it
7: it's really weird. Yeah, it. it's,
6: a, it's like the wonderful thing that American store, I don't know if they still do, but it seems Ace Week could go and buy some pharmaceutical stuff, grab a and milk... A- <laughs> and course, it sounds it sounds awesome, but um, young George notices that Mister Gower has put poison instead of um, the vitamin tablets he should have done. Of course, that would have killed whoever comes in there. Now, according to Robert J. Anderson, H.B. Warner, who played the old old Mister Gower, uh, really was drunk during the scene in which uh, he slaps the young George. Now, Warner's slaps were real and caused real blood to come from uh, Anderson's ear. Now? The scene was finished. Warner hugged and comforted Anderson. So.
7: Uh, imagine that that scene Would not happen now no. beating, Drunkly beating
6: up a kid <laughs> And that's the, the young lad Who played him and Said that But I think that's Such a powerful scene Because it shows How one How kind George is But how You know The whole thing about The guy being so upset You know That he, he lashes out I think he's just He's just really good yeah. We then skip to forty years later. Uh, Harry, uh, this is George's brother. Now, of course, there's another thing where you find out George Bailey has a brother. And what's the one? Another pinnacle moment in George's young life. Do you remember what that is, regarding his brother Harry?
7: When he, well, he's wow. He, yeah. Well, his brother leaves town, and he doesn't. Does he? He lets his brother leave, doesn't he? You no,
6: know, it's before that. He saves his
7: brother's life. Oh, with the... the water, yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of the Omen scene, isn't it? You know, the Omen. It's, it's such incredible. a horrible thing that is, isn't it? That sort of falling in
6: water like that. No, but I mean that these all these little things which you don't realise when you first watch the film. Yeah. The scene with the Gower putting the poison in there, the scene with Harry drowning. So George saves Mister Gower from going to the gallows in essence because he would have poisoned somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Harry from drowning and he then ends up losing his hearing. So these are the. But when you watch it for the first time none of these you just think oh well, this is just a story of his life you don't realise this is how wonderfully he wrote this film is that later on when you see George if George hadn't survived all
7: these things wouldn't of course have happened oh, it's just, it's a story of everyone's life isn't it oh yeah exactly it's, there's a bit in that thing isn't it that that's what I like about this film because he's got this idealised life that he wants and we've all been there you all think that, oh, God, I should have done more with the life. We've all been there, haven't we? Yeah. I think about it all the bloody boy, you know I do. Oh, I should be doing this, I should be doing this. And he never gets to do it, but he's still happy with what he's got until things happen later. But it's that thing that you don't realise how much one person's life can in- intersect with so many other people's life. It, it's it's a mad thing to think about, isn't it? Because I, like, I went to bed last night thinking about this film, thinking... Oh, this! you must have done it. Where you think, just think if that would have happened to me, if I wouldn't have been alive, how many other things might not have happened, that yeah. you don't realise. I was lying right in bed thinking about it last night.
6: Yeah, it's, 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 it's ultimately the thing that goes off into parallel universes, doesn't it? It's like if yeah. you turn left instead of turned right. But if you didn't survive, if you didn't wasn't born at all, there's loads of stuff that, when you think about it, you can think too much about it and it can send you mad, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, and then this all spins on and George once again isn't going anywhere And he, he sees Mary, is back in town And he goes and visits uh, Mary And I love this fact where the mum is trying to convince Mary to go out with Sam Who phones George about this plastic thing which he does
7: that's how old this film is, isn't it? When they talk about bloody plastics plastic. As if it's like an amazing new thing
2: Mary, he's waiting Hello?
1: Forgot my hat. hee
5: hello, Sam. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Gee, it's good to hear your
0: voice again. Oh, well, that's awfully sweet of you, Sam. There's an old friend of yours here, George Bailey. You mean old Mossback George? <laughs> yes, old Mossback George. Oh,
2: put him on. Well, well, just a minute. I'll call him George. He
6: doesn't want to speak to
2: George, you idiot. Just so. He asked for him. George, jo- George, Sam wants to speak to you.
1: Hi, Sam.
5: Well, George Baliofsky. Hey, a fine pal you are. What are you trying
1: to do, steal my girl? Well, what do you mean? Nobody's trying to steal anybody's girl. Here, here, here here's Marion. Oh, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to talk to her. Tell Mary to get on the extension. You thought. Mother's on the extension. We I am not. We can both
0: hear. Come here. We're, we're listening, Sam.
5: Well, look. I have a big deal coming up that's going to make us all rich. George, do you remember that night in Martini's Bar when uh, you told me you'd read someplace about making plastics out of soybeans? Chili beans. Shut up, William. you? You remember, out of chili. out of
1: soybeans. Huh. Uh. uh. yeah, 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 soybeans, yeah.
5: Well, listen. Dad snapped up the idea, and he's going to build a
1: factory outside of Rochester. How do you like that? Rochester? Well, why Rochester? Well, why not? Can
5: you think of anything
1: better? Well, I don't know. Just Why not right here? You remember that, uh, that old tool and machinery works? Well, you tell your father you can get that for a song, and all the labor he wants, too. Half the town was thrown out of work when they closed down. Is
5: that so? Well, I'll tell him. Hey, that sounds great. Ah, baby, I knew you'd come through. Now, here's the point. Mary, Mary, you're in on this too. Now listen, have you got any money?
1: Money, yeah, well, a little.
5: Well, now listen, I want you to put every cent you've got into our stock, do you hear? And George, I may have a job for you. That is, unless you're still married to that broken down building and loan. Well, this is the biggest thing since radio and I'm letting you in on the ground floor. Mary, Mary. Well, uh, uh, I'm here. Uh, Will you tell that guy I'm giving him the chance of a lifetime? Do you hear? The chance of a lifetime.
2: He, he says it's the chance of a lifetime.
1: Now, you listen to me. I don't want any plastics. And I don't want any ground floors. And I don't want to get married ever to anyone. You understand that? I want
0: to do what I want to do, and you're,
6: and you're, oh Mary. George, George, George. I love the chemistry between George and Mary. I really do. That bit where they on the phone and they get they start to get closer and closer and closer until they're about to kiss. And apparently Jimmy Shue was really nervous about the kiss. He was wasn't too sure if it was going to work. He ended up they had to trim it. Because they kissed for that long. Obviously, there's certain rules back in it. Yeah, know. yeah. They yeah. couldn't show a long kiss. But I think and it was in one take. They did that as well. I think it's a, I think they just have such a, a... better chemistry between George and Mary than what it would be with the other girl. You know, there's another love interest in this film. Yeah, but
7: that's the one I would have gone for. But uh, <laughs> I think she's a bit hotter. But I can see what you mean. He's might, might have been a bit too... Because there's that bit earlier, isn't there? That's how times have changed. When they see that other one, the other hotter one... Yeah. When she's walking down the road with the dress on her, everyone's like leering out the cars at us. It's like, that's not the woke times, is it?
6: No, but let's face it, we still do that, but we do it more subtly. <laughs>
7: <laughs> <laughs> um,
6: now, we have this oh, George and Mary marry, which is very nice. And then, but as they're about to leave to go on their honeymoon, they suddenly realize there's problems with the bank. It's gone, uh, Potter is offering to buy shares 50 cents to the dollar. George, please with his customers. And George then uses his own money so they can keep the company.
1: Don't look now, but there's something funny going on over there at the bank, George. I've never really seen one, but that's got all the earmarks of being a run. There you Now, just remember that this thing isn't as black as it appeared. some news for you folks. I was just talking to old man Potter and he's guaranteed cash payments to the bank. The bank's going to reopen next week. But George, I have got my money here. Did he guarantee this place? Well, no, Charlie. I didn't even ask him. We don't need Potter over here. But I'll take mine now. No, but you're, you're you're thinking of this place all wrong as if I had the money back in a safe. I, the, the money's not here. Well, your money's in Joe's house. That's right next to yours and in the Kennedy house and Mrs. Maitland's house and a hundred others. Uh, You're lending them the money to build, and then they're going to pay it back to you as best they can. Now, what are you going to do, foreclose on them? I got $242 in here, and $242 isn't going to break anybody. Okay, Tom. All right. Here you are. You sign this. You get your money in 60 days. 60 days? Well, now, that's what you agreed to when you bought your shares. Tom! Tom! Did you get your money? No. Well, I did. Old Man Potter'll pay fifty cents on the dollar for every share you've got.
2: Fifty cents. <laughs> yes,
1: cash. Well, what do you say? Now, Tom, you have to stick to your original agreement. Now, give us sixty days on this. Okay,
2: night. Randall. Are you going to Potter's? Better
1: to get half than nothing.
2: That's what I Randall, wait, Randall.
1: Now wait. Now listen. Now listen to me. I, I beg of you not to do this thing. If Potter gets a hold of this building and loan, there'll never be another decent house built in this town. He's already got charge of the bank, he's got the bus line, he got the department stores, and now he's after us. Why? Well, it's very simple, because we're cutting in on his business, that's why. And because he wants to keep you living in his slums and paying the kind of rent he decides. Joe, you had one of those Potter houses, didn't you? Well, have you forgotten? Have you forgotten what he charged you for that broken-down shack? Here, Ed, you know, you remember last year when things weren't going so well and you couldn't make your payments? Well, you didn't lose your house, did you? You think Potter would have let you keep it? Can't you understand what's happening here? Don't you see what's happening? Potter isn't selling, Potter's buying. And why? Because we're panicky and he's not. That's why. He's picking up some bargain. Now, we, we can get through this thing, all right? We have got to stick together though. We've got to have faith in each other. But my husband hasn't worked in over a year, and I need money. How am I going to live until the bank opens? I got doctor bills to pay. I need cash. I, I can't keep to... my kids on faith. I've got to have... How much do you need? Hey, I got two thousand dollars. Here's two thousand dollars. This will tide us over until the bank reopens. All right, Tom. How much do you need? Two hundred and forty-two dollars. No, Tom. Just enough to tide you over until the bank. Re-op. I'll take two hundred and forty-two dollars. Okay. <laughs> There you are. That'll close my account. Your account's still here. That's a loan. Okay. All right, all right Ed. Well, I got $300 here, George. All right, now, Ed, well, what'll it take until the bank opens? What, what do you need? Well, all right. I suppose... $20? $20. Now you're talking. Oh. Thanks, Ed. That's fine. All right. Now, Miss Thompson, how much do you want? But it's your own money, now, George. don't mind about that. How much do you want? Oh, now. I can get along with $20, all right. $20. Fine. And I'll sign there the you paper. Go. You don't have to sign anything. I know. You, you pay when you can. That's okay. All right, Miss Davis. Right. Could
0: I have $17.50? <laughs> That's your
1: heart. Of course, you to have You got $0.50, we go. Seven. We're going to make it, George. Six, six. It'll never close us up today. Five. Four. Three. Two, one, bingo! We made it, close you said, we made it. Look, look, we're still in business. We've still got two bucks left. Well, look, let's have some of that. Let's celebrate.
6: Huh? I quite like this, and I like the fact that they buy the house and that everything gets nice and all this kind of stuff. And Mary tells George like, that the house was what she wished for. You never really kind of find out, do you, what George wished for?
7: Yeah, that's a good point. You don't, do you, you
6: know? Would it have been he wanted to travel?
7: Yeah, must what? have been, mustn't it, yeah, must have been.
6: Now, what do you think about Bailey Park? I briefly mentioned it earlier on.
7: Well, it's a great well, it's it's a great thing, isn't it, that all these because that's what I like about this film as well. It's pro work pro the working class. Mm. Isn't it right? The working class shouldn't look down on them. They're hard working people who keep like he says, they pay for this society, that pay for that town, they're all the spending all the money, they're the one who's doing all the work, not all the really rich people. And they should have a decent Life, shouldn't no, they? should have a decent house, not living in a shack. Mm. But you know, that's the bad sign of America. It's the bad side of America, isn't it? Is there's, there's not that safe in this country? We might might have our moan about it, and whatever political party's in, but generally, there's always a safety net in Britain, isn't yeah. There? Yeah. It really You'll always is. have a hang. You'll, you'll never. A lot of people who let's not get into this debate, but a lot of people who are homeless, it's for other reasons. It yeah. may, yeah, yeah. So there's really, a, lot, a lot. but most people could get somewhere for a roof over the head mm. and get a, a meal in the stomach in Britain, you're going to get it, aren't you? You're not going to starve in Britain. you know,
6: it's, it's funny you saying that as well because you've near enough quote there. Uh, the, the line's what George says to Potter about when, when they're looking like they're going to dissolve the company. And he yeah. turns and he says, no, people deserve to have better places to live people deserve yeah. to have that and work hard for it not just living in some rented flea pit so you virtually bang on exactly what george says in that meeting and i think with with the bailey park i love that kind of, i think america could do some kind of wonderful archi- ar- um architectural designs with houses that, that bungalow house what we call bungalow houses over here they're one story houses aren't they yeah they're one story houses but they have a wonderful long drive they have nice wide roads and decent gardens yeah. over here now, we seem to be into this kind of thing. I mean, I think probably, well, the houses that me and you live in, we've got you've got quite a nice front garden, so have I, and I've got a large back garden, so have you. Yeah, the, these modern houses that are being built are really kind of like, they leave a tall yeah. you know, garden, and you think, yeah. well, you know, it, the whole point is getting some fresh air in your in your life and stuff like that, and I love that design of American... Because American you
7: think about it, we, you know... In Britain, at the time in this film, we had fucking back to backs. Mm. <laughs> Birmingham had some of the worst in the country, didn't they? Now, my mum grew up in a back to back. Yeah, so they had nothing, no toilet, even a bathroom. Let's go around to the let's na- go round to their nans to get up for a bath, and that's all how people grew up with all the tin
6: bath in the in the, the living all room in front of the
7: fire. That, you know, so that was happening over here and we realised that people can't live like that. But we had that stupid idea of putting people in high rise flats, <laughs> which was another stupid idea, wasn't it? That, that worked out, wasn't well, it? Do you, We. I was talking about this
6: in a week at work, you know. Do you remember when we were younger? Because obviously we, we, in the 70s and stuff like that, there, was, there wasn't there was a lot of money going around. That, you'd have bath night, which was on a Sunday before you went to school. Yeah. Now you have a shower every day, don't you? Yeah. A bath, oh no. Bath. I think
7: I had two baths a week because that was other, that was it. Yeah. 'Cause that's a like I remember my mum didn't have central heating when I was a kid. Our mum had to like fill the, the bath up with the, from the kettle. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, you know, I'd... spending all night doing that, and then I'd get in and then my brother'd get in the bath after me.
6: Well, I used to me and my brother used to just have a bath together.
7: Yeah. I remember that's that, it, that it. If I I'm, mum mum thinking, if you needed a little bath in a week you were dirty, she put you in the put me in the sink. Yeah. <laughs> You can put you in the sink now I don't know I guess I how tiny was But that was it like said, This idea of having a bath every day And a shower every day mm. You know, people would go Oh, the working people were all dirty Because that was the reason why When you were young You just didn't have hot water I don't know, I remember When we got uh, everybody Well, the emerging eater I think we were about 11 And that seemed like luxury, didn't it? Oh, yeah. You could put, what, two hours? You could have a bath whenever you want to have a bath even though you had to wait three hours for the boiler to
6: warm up, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then the worst it was if you'd forgot to pull the cord, yeah, I oh, forgot to pull the cord. So was like, it's mad. Um, anyway, we digress. <laughs> yeah, because that is a
7: digress. <laughs> um,
6: obviously, we talked about George. George sees part of who offers him a job uh, with that huge salary, but maybe gets pregnant. They have three babies, um, and then George can't go to the war because of his hearing problem. And this is when we this get... This is
7: ironic when Jimmy Stewart
6: was a war hero, weren't he? Was a war hero. I did not know. Now, did I I don't think I wrote it down, but he actually stayed in or was um, enlisted as reserve during the Vietnam War. David Niven was also in the RAF. Yeah. He, he's, he struggled when he came back from the Second World War. Uh, Niven struggled to get acting roles again. Um, right. And he came back about a year before, before that. Um, but he really struggled to get acting roles, and um, and I think and, and Jimmy Stewart, Jimmy Stewart, his whole attitude towards taking what certain roles changed when he came back because of what yeah. he'd seen, and yeah, yeah, yeah. he made he he stayed in the RAF, not the RAF, sorry, the American Air Force, and refused to have his name taken off. Uh, up to this, up to the Vietnam. I mean, he was never going to get called up to Vietnam. Uh-huh. He, in nineteen <laughs> in, the, in the late. Yeah, it would have been quite old, but he remained, and I think he got an honorary um, honorary stripe and stuff like that. Maybe even like a, a major or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think people don't forget stuff like that. I, I think, especially in very patriotic countries, especially like in America, yeah. I think in America, you you know, you know, for a fact that if you served in the army, you are looked upon rightly so as an incredible hero. I, I I'm a bit of a sucky you noob know, about weepy, you know, get a bit weepy in some, in, you know, in the old dusting yard. I'm a bit of a sucker. Doesn't really work in England because we, we we live on base. But I see you know things where there's a, a, a kid a, a kid's at school and the dad secretly turns up in in their. Oh, youth. you
7: love them, don't
6: you? I love stuff like that because why do you think to yourself, man, the, the guy's served or the lady has served abroad and for their country and then they come back and the kids are happy. But the best ones, Cal, and I guarantee you this even you
4: yeah, will, yeah.
6: is when they the dog
7: Oh well, I've <laughs> saw that when they come out and the dog sees them. Just forget, it. Just forget it. you are right, though. If that was in Britain, it'd be very different. It'd be like, all right, Dad, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that, well, that would be an wouldn't it?
6: Yeah. Right. It'd be like, where's my pocket money? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're back, are you? Right. Yeah. yeah, um, Now, I love all this stuff. There you go. So, um, George's uncle accidentally gives parts of the money. Uh, he, he's supposed to go and put the money into the bank, and he goes and gives him the pocket, uh, gives him the, the money. Uh, he can't find it anywhere. George arrives home and this is a wonderful bit of acting from Jimmy Stewart where it's equivalent to eight, it's eight thousand kids, you know. Um and he cries and he holds his kids and stuff like that. And I love that scene. It's just a wonderful bit of acting by, by Jimmy yeah. Stewart. Where
7: he's so he goes good to next it? Buddy, and then he hugs everyone. It's just great. No, he's brilliant in this. is he's emotional to go from as you'll talk later on, to go from nice George to angry George mm. He's done so subtly And it like Builds up over About a 15 minute scene Doesn't it You yeah. know the bit Where you're know, going to talk about When he gets back to the house And it's sort of Winding him up in it It's like basic; It's a bit like Anxiety isn't it What's well, he's going through there She's oh, playing on the piano Winding yeah. him up And that piano Would wind you up Wouldn't it Oh god yeah oh. Playing it constantly The one kid Pulling on the
6: apron strings and yeah. All, yeah The one side
7: Asking to spell everything All the while in it And the house is cold, and it's just that... I just love that scene, the way he goes. But it's not done like he goes from nothing to Vesuvius in a second. It sort of builds up, and he's getting more and more wound up, isn't he, during that scene? And then the, and then you see when he
6: breaks is when yeah. he hugs the kids. And it's yeah. made when um, uh, Zuzu, he is poorly in bed, gives him the rose petals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So only something, It's a very quick scene, but you see him take the rose petals and stick them into his top pocket. And I love that bit. I really, I really think it's really really great because then there's another thing though that you forget a bit later on when it comes to it. Now, he realises he's got an insurance policy when he goes to see Potter and Potter. this is where you see how nasty Potter is, where he turns around and, and he's, he refuses to help George. He's, in fact, he says he's going to call the police on him. As an he's an a horrible
7: bastard, bastard, isn't he?
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And his insurance policy is he's worth more dead than he is alive. I'm in trouble, Mr. Potter. I need help. Through some
1: sort of an accident, my company shortened their accounts. The bank examiner got there today. I've got to raise $8,000 immediately. Oh, that's what the reporters wanted to talk to you about. The reporters?
3: Yes, they called me up from your building and loan. Oh, there's a man over there from the DA's office, too, who's looking for you. Please help me, Mr.
1: Potter. Help me, won't you Please. Can't you see what it means to my family? I'll pay any sort of a bonus on the loan, any interest. If you still want the building and loan, I'm... George, could it possibly be there's a slight discrepancy in the books? No, sir, there's nothing wrong with the books. I've just misplaced $8,000. I can't find it anywhere.
3: You misplaced $8,000? Yes, sir. Have you notified the police?
1: No, sir, I I didn't want the publicity. Harry's homecoming tomorrow?
3: (laughs) Yeah, you're going to believe that. What have you been doing, George? Um, Playing the market with the company's money? No, sir, no, sir, I haven't. is it a woman, then? Uh, You know, it's all over town that you've been giving money to Violet Bick. What? (laughs) Not that it makes any difference to me, but why did you come to me? Why don't you go to Sam Wainwright and ask him for the
1: money? I can't get a hold of these in Europe.
3: What about all your other friends?
1: They don't have that kind of money, Mister Potter. You know that. You're the only one in town that can help me.
3: <laughs> well, uh, I've suddenly become quite important. <laughs> well, what kind of security would I have, George? You got any stocks? No, sir. bonds,
1: real estate, collateral of any kind. Well, I have some life insurance. Fifteen thousand dollar policy. Yes. Uh, how much is your equity in it? Five hundred
3: dollars. Five hundred dollar. And you asked me to lend you 8000 Look at you. You used to be so cocky. You were going to go out and conquer the world. You once called me a warped, frustrated old man. What are you with a warped, frustrated young man? A miserable little clerk crawling in here on your hands and knees and begging for help. No securities, no stocks, no bonds, nothing but a miserable little $500 equity and a life insurance policy. <laughs> You're worth more dead than alive. Why don't you go to the riffraff you love so much and ask them to let you have $8,000? You know why? because well, they run you out of town on a rail. But I tell you what I'm going to do for you, George, since the uh, state examiner is still here... As a stockholder of the building and loan, I'm going to swear out a warrant for your arrest. Misappropriation of funds, manipulation,
6: malfeasance.
3: All right, you go ahead. Go. You can't hide in a little town like this.
6: <laughs> and this is where you see when he go, he's, he's sitting in the bar having a drink, and he start. He, this is where you see him pray about some somebody helping, and I, he's just literally on his own. It's quite it's really sad I think that whole bit Then he crashes his car and goes to the bridge and just is about to jump in. Clarence jumps in before him. What do you think
7: about the angel, Clarence? No, it's interesting, that is, because... uh, it's Yeah, again, it's not... He's sort of a smart arse, isn't he, really? Mm. That's news. He's not corny. As you expect, an uh, An anal. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's a different... (laughs) Maybe that's the different one. Maybe I was watching the wrong version last night. I never I <laughs> shouldn't have been watching Bourne Hub when I was... <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was a really coloured version of it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> the angel. Uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, he's done how you want an angel to be, you a But it's like a wise, a wise old man. Like a wise old man, you not He's not lecturing him. He's just telling him, this is the facts. If you didn't do all this... This would happen. Mm. It's up to you, isn't it? It's up to you. He even says you got that life; you can
6: have it. What do you think? Of, what do you think of the scene where they're, they're drying their clothes off, and you've got the bloke who's...
0: <laughs> I didn't have time to get some stylish underwear. Wife gave me this on my last birthday. <laughs> I passed away in it. Oh, Tom Sawyer's drying out too. You should read the new book Mark Twain's writing now. How did you happen to fall in? I didn't fall in. I jumped in to save George. You what? You're to save me? Well, I did, didn't I? You didn't go through with it, did you? Go through with what? Suicide. Oh, it's against the law to commit suicide around here. Yeah, it's against the law where I come from, too. Oh. Where do you come from? Heaven. I had to act quickly. That's why I jumped in. I knew if I were drowning, you'd try to save me. You see, you did. And that's how I saved you.
4: Uh,
0: Uh, very funny. Your lip's bleeding, George. Yeah. I got a bust in the jaw in answer to a prayer a little bit ago. Oh, no, 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 George. I'm the answer to your prayer. That's why I was sent down here. How'd you know my name? Oh, I know all about you. I've watched you grow up from a little boy. are you, a mind reader or something? (laughs) Well, who are you, then? Clarence Oddbody, AS2. Oddbody. AS2, what's that AS2? Angel, second class. Cheerio, my good man.
1: drinks hey what's what's with you what did what, you say just a minute ago why
0: would you want to save me that's what I was sent down for I'm your guardian angel I wouldn't be a bit surprised ridiculous of you to think of killing yourself for money eight thousand dollars
1: yeah now think just things like that now, how do you
0: know that I told you I'm your guardian angel I know everything about you Well, you look about like the kind of an angel I'd get. Sort of a fallen angel, aren't you? What happened to your wings? I haven't worn my wings yet. That's why I'm an angel second class.
1: Uh, I don't know whether I like it very much, being seen around an angel without any wings. Oh, I've got to
0: earn them. And you'll help me, won't you? Sure, sure. How? By letting me help you. Well, you can help me.
1: You, you don't happen to have 8,000 bucks on you. Oh, you? no, no, we don't use money in heaven. Oh, yeah, that's right. I keep forgetting <laughs> Comes in pretty handy down here, bub. Oh, tut uh, <laughs> I found it out a little late.
0: I'm worth more dead than alive. Now, look, you mustn't talk like that. I won't get my wings with that attitude. You just don't know all that you've done. If it hadn't been for
1: you, yeah. If it hadn't been for me, everybody'd be a lot better off. My wife and my kids and my friends. I mean, look, little fellow, why you go off and haunt somebody else? No, you? now you don't
0: understand. I've got my job. Oh, shut up, will you? Oh, this isn't going to be so easy. So you still think killing yourself would make everyone feel happier, eh?
1: Oh, well, I don't know. I guess you're right. I suppose it would been better if I'd never been born at all. What would you say? I said I
0: wish I'd never been born. Oh, you mustn't say things like that. you Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's an idea. What do you think? Yeah, i will do it. All right. You've got your wish. You've never been born. You don't have to make all that fuss about it. What would you say? You've never been born. You don't exist. You're having a care in the world. No worries, no obligations, no $8,000 to get, no potter looking for you with a sheriff. Say something else in that ear. Sure, you can hear out of it.
1: What's well, it's a doggone thing. Well, I haven't heard anything out of that ear since I was a kid. Must be that jump in that cold water. Your lips start bleeding too, George. What do you know about that? it's happening? It stopped snowing out here, didn't it? Well, I, uh, what's happening here? What I need a couple of good stiff drinks. How about you, Angel? You want a drink? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, come on, as soon as uh, these clothes bars are dry. Those are dry. I didn't know about that. Still is harder than I thought. Oh, come on, get your clothes on. We'll stroll up to my car and get... Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'll stroll. You fly. I can't fly. I haven't got my wings. You haven't got your wings, that's right.
7: None, none. This is a scene that used to happen a lot there, didn't it, with like yeah. people like making gurning faces in the back <laughs> and then all you need to do is look at the bottle of whiskey and walk away, <laughs> don't you? It's <laughs> yeah. like that but that site like, of the you know, the main they always use them characters in films then, didn't they? Yeah. Like I said before, we did it before in La they were always in La Lonardi, weren't they? People like that. I, I but, actually yeah.
6: like it. <laughs> but he goes, he goes oh this is my favourite shirt and I died in this one. <laughs> and, think, yeah, yeah. Fake. and he just looks and just gets up slowly and walks off. Yeah, uh, yeah. I do find out that uh, Clarence is actually 293 years old. Um, he says he wishes he'd never been born. And so, suddenly George can hear from his uh, his right, sorry, his left ear, and his lips stop bleeding from being punched out earlier on. Bedford Ford is now called Pottersville, and Nick, who uh, was his friend, he's now not so friendly. He's a rough barman.
4: Yeah, and yeah,
6: yeah. And now, why why do they suddenly so associate rough bars with uh, somebody playing the blues? Yeah. On the, yeah, no. And uh, why would he be such a why would it be such an unfriendly barman?
7: Yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah, that's the bit. The only thing that I put this week is that bit. It's not necessarily that they want to be bad when he him. They could have been good. They might have had other choices that made them good. Yeah, yeah. you just become a git just because like you own a bar, would you? That don't make you own your right. I think the bit with the blues thing. I think it's a bit of the racial stuff that was going on in America at the time, weren't? Right? that? Nah, yeah. that's all the bad side of it, isn't it?
6: Yeah, that's the bad side of the town where you've got you've got jazz clubs, CD jazz clubs, these <laughs> yeah. bars, which let's face it, are the best bars to go to.
7: I was gonna say that it looked quite good at the end, that part is... <laughs> No, yeah, I was thinking,
6: well man, look at the is like the day, Vegas, it's ace. Yeah
7: <laughs>
6: Yeah, so you find out Clowns is 29 years old. Old man Gower is now a dishevelled old man who did kill the boy from yeah. poison. possibles for the bars, dance clubs, all this kind of stuff. Um I thought v gets ar- oh, uh, Violet gets arrested. That that was the other girl. She gets arrested. Ernie she's the like
7: cab- a showgirl, isn't she? Or something. Mm-hmm. She's like a showgirl, isn't she? That's what yeah. the point she's meant to be, isn't That's she? Point, like yeah. a failed showgirl.
6: We also find out as well that you have uh, Bert the Cup, who's his friend, and, and Ernie the cab driver.
7: Yeah.
6: Bert. This is a uh, misconception that the Sesame Street characters of Bert and Ernie got their names from this film. I happened. thought
7: it was. wasn't.
6: No. It's a it's an urban legend that one is. No. Ah uh, right, well, that's I, what I thought it was. Would, But I'm sure they probably thought psychologically in the back of the minds might have been there, but apparently it it, it isn't. Yeah, yeah. Um Clarence disappears when being arrested. I love that bit where they, they're fighting on the veranda and then yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and Ernie goes, I think we need to go and get I need, I need a drink. This is where you get a close up of George. You know when I said to you, um, when there's no Bailey Park, it looks like the shot from Evil Dead where it's a real close-up shot of Jimmy Stewart's face. Yeah. It's mad that he's in it. I'm sure that must be a nod to that. It's
7: got to be. Sam Raimi, you know, he's just a film nut, so it's got to be in it. Oh, God, yeah. You know, I was thinking as well, right, that bit where, uh, where they would having a fight and he chins straight away and, like, chins the copper. Yeah. <laughs> and then runs off. I thought, in that America, he fucking shoot him dead, wouldn't he, Yeah, <laughs> 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 You would fuck around now, wouldn't
6: You find out, of course, that he's no Bailey Park. There was no Harry, which means he wasn't a war hero, which means, of course, all those people on that thing died.
7: Yeah, Uh, the the transport, yeah.
6: And you get a lovely little thing where Clarence says, You see, George, you had a wonderful life. Mary is now an old maid and she doesn't recognise him, obviously. Um, well,
7: don't you think though that though is a thing that you would never be able to use that in a thing now, would you? Just because a woman don't, in, doesn't get married, she's an old maid. <laughs> it's like yeah, well, I, I suppose though yeah. uh, you are looking at nineteen forties. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're going to take it then. I think being single woman then was seen as quite a bad thing if you're older, were not it? Yeah, I mean modern day now, uh, it's we not a different. It's a not an issue world now, world. is it?
6: No, because women are more successful than men are. Let's face it. Yeah. I mean, I know they're still they're still underpaid and they still don't get the right money what they should do. But in reality, women are a lot more successful,
7: yeah. a lot more. And the thing is. is, as well, is like as well, I'm saying that just because you haven't got a partner, it doesn't mean you're unsuccessful. No. Some people like being on their own, don't they? Especially
6: Cal, as me and you have been married for a while now, and we love being on our own. Oh, <laughs>
7: love being on our own. <laughs> The baby night of the week is Friday night. <laughs> when my wife customer to anyway. But no, but that, but that is, a, I think that is a scene at a finger of its time. Then isn't it that you know? You, you, like I said, I always know this is such a classic film because it's never been attempted to be remade. It has what? <laughs> is this going to be the fact section? Oh, it
6: will be in the fact section, which I will have. I don't think I, I don't think I wrote it up, so I'm going to have to. Uh, I will go online and I'll grab it for you. I'm just tapping on my port again. Nearly finished the bottle.
7: I did not know,
6: it had been remade. That seems. Well, ins- oh, go on, we're, 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 there. we're actually in. go on. Yes, you old, know, Vage. He runs back off to the bridge and he pleads with Clarence to live again.
1: Clarence! 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 Help me, Clarence! Get me back! Get me back, I don't care what happens to me. Back to my wife and kids. Help me, Clarence, please. Please. I want to live again. I want to live again. I want to live again. Please, God, let me live again. Hey, George.
2: George. You all right? Hey, what's the matter? Now, get out of here, Bert, or I'll hit you again.
1: Get out of here. What the Sam hill you yelling for, George? You... George. Bert, do you know me? Know you? Huh. you kidding? I've been looking all over town trying to find you. I saw your car
2: piled into that tree down there, and I thought maybe you... Hey, your mouth's bleeding. Are you sure you're all right? What you...
1: <laughs> My mouth's bleeding, Bert! My mouse bleeds. Zuzu's pedals. Zuzu. There they are. Birds. What do you know about that? Merry
4: Christmas.
6: What I love about that, instead of making it so bloody obvious that then we are restarting, George has gone back to it. It's just how you suddenly slowly start to see it snow. Just the subtle snowness that comes in. Yeah, yeah,
7: yeah. It's good snow and all, isn't it? Uh, no, no, it looks realistic because I bet you then it was probably toxic when it
6: well what, what they used to use originally um was um cornflakes um anyway it starts to snow again and he runs back to his home and this is where you see the wonderful scene of him running down the street shouting you know um merry christmas
1: emporium merry christmas you wonderful old
3: building alone hey merry christmas mr park happy new year to you in jail go on home they're
6: waiting for you christmas everyone now where is it now i've put on here the actual filming of that somewhere i've got it here okay so uh, it's a Wonderful Life was shot at the RKO Radio Pictures Studio in Culver City, California. Now, did you get a bit kind of, like, um, sentimental when you saw the RKO sign? Come yeah. It's brilliant.
7: I, I, like I said, I hate the way now in modern cinema there's only about three studios left. I know. I think it's so crap. I know. Growing up, we had all great stuff, didn't we? And you knew a scene of quality from the beginning. I said, oh, RKO. You know, yeah. you watch a film of RKO, come to think, oh, it would be a good film.
6: Yeah. Um... So, Bedford Falls was adapted from Oscar winning sets originally designed by art director Max Ray for the 1931 epic film Cimarron, covering four acres. The town consisted of a main street stretching 300 yards, which is three city blocks, out. stores and buildings, and a residential neighbourhood. Kappa added a tree lined central parkway, built a working bank set, and planted 30 full grown oak trees. Pigeons, cats, and dogs were allowed to roam the mammoth set to give the town a lived in feel. Amazing. It's amazing, isn't it? So he's running down there saying, Merry Christmas to everyone. And he gets home, and he, I love the way when he gets home, the bloody stared knob thing falls off. Yeah, his, yeah,
7: that's the real. And
6: everyone comes around to help out. He suddenly realises that he, what he's missed, you know, there's loads of people that wouldn't have been there. And all the people suddenly donate stuff. Harry comes home, as Mary telegrammed everyone, and his mate, Sam, of course, donates a ridiculous amount of money, which he's going to yeah, say. Yeah. And then you hear the, the thing at the end where the bell rings, and obviously every time you hear a bell ring, an angel gets yeah. it.
7: And the important bit, where the angels left the Tom Sawyer book.
6: That's a Christmas present from a very
1: dear friend of mine. That's right.
7: That's right. a boy cloud. Oh yes. Oh, I love that bit. And it says uh, it's not about money. A rich man is how many friends. If you've got rich, that's it. I mean if you've got friends, you're a rich man. And that's that end bit, isn't it? And I love that bit. That that's the book's still there, that hasn't vanished. That's because he's obsessed with the Tom Sawyer book, isn't he? The Angel, isn't he? He's obsessed yes. with Tom Which there must be some relevance. But like I said, I've never read Tom Sawyer, So I, don't, I know that we know it from Huckaberry Finn when we were a kid, don't we? But I don't know about Tom Sawyer if there's a relevance in that. It'd be really interesting if we got any American listeners out there. Has Tom Sawyer got any relevance to this story in the yeah. story itself? Sure.
6: That's a really interesting thing, actually. Yeah, yeah that's good to find
7: out. I, I, like I said, I've never read *Samsaya*. I asked Emma this one. She's read *Samsaya*. She said she couldn't really remember it. So, anyone who's out there who's read Somsaya, what is the relevance of that book with this film?
6: I must admit, you know, I've, I've been thinking about that next year. There's a load of books I wouldn't mind trying to well, trying to read, but read. That are old classics like *Robinson Crusoe* and stuff like
7: that, which I've never read. I read *Treasure Island* this year, and it's amazing. Really never read it and I love it I thought I've got to read it because, you know it is a book of its time you've got to remember that and it is for children well not children sort of family really good okay. yeah, I've read Robinson Crusoe that's really good that's really really good
6: okay so here's the here's the remakes okay It Happened One Night uh, It Happened One Christmas was a 1977 television movie remake of the classic film oh. whose screenplay Lionel Chapman based on both the original Van Der M short story and the 46 screenplay The remake employed gender reversal, with Marlo Thomas as the protagonist, Mary Bailey, Wayne Rogers, who a lot of people know as being Trapper Johnny MASH, as George Hatch, and Cloris Lechman as the angel Clara Oddbody. Leachman received her second Emmy nomination for this role. In a significant departure from his earlier roles, Orson Welles was cast as Mr. Potter.
7: What? uh, Orson Welles in it? Yeah, also, awesome. well. Initial
6: okay, positive reviews, the made for television film was rebroadcast twice in 1978 and 1979, but has not been shown since on national rebroadcasts nor issued on home, uh, home media. Merry Christmas, George Bailey was a 1997 PBS television movie adaptation of the film directed by Matthew Diamond. It starred Bill Pullman as George Bailey, Penelope Ann Miller as Mary, Nathan Lane as Clarence, and Martin Landau as Potter. Wow. Uh, there's another one as well. The Christmas Spirit was a retelling of the movie starring Nicolette Sheridan as Charlotte Hart. This was a made-for-TV uh, film aired on December the 1st, 2013 on the Hallmark Channel. Click, though not entirely a remake, borrows shamelessly from the plot of It's a Wonderful Life. The movie follows a similar plot line in that the main character gets to experience what life would be like if he was not present for his family. The Greatest Gift on Warehouse 13 Season 3 Christmas episode tells a similar story after agent Pete Latimer uh, touches Stern's brush. I don't know what that is. What?
7: <laughs> there was a sea- that like, Is that porn you're on about again? <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I don't know. It's a fucking euphemism,
6: is it? Touches his brush. <laughs> I'll look it up later. Um, <laughs> in, 19, in 1990, the made-for-television film Clarence stars Robert Cavadine in a new tale of the helpful Angel. Uh, there was a potential here. A purported sequel was in development for a 2015 relief and was to be called It's a Wonderful Life, the rest of the story. It was to be written by Rob Farnsworth and Martha Bolton and followed the angel of George Bailey's daughter Zuzu, played once again by Carol Grimes, the original actress, as she teaches Bailey's evil grandson how different the world would have been if he had not been born. Producers were considering directors and hoped to shoot the film with a twenty-five to $35 million budget in Louisiana. The film has been announced as being uh, produced by star partners, but has not longer been uh, carried on. So, there we
7: go. I didn't know that, but like I said, I've got no interest in watching any other version of it.
6: No, no, I don't.
7: You know, Quinton scene I could do a version of it, I wouldn't be interested because you don't fucking need to. No. But it's a perfect, it's a perfect film.
6: Oh, uh, Van Capra said that this was his favourite film of all that he directed and played to his family every year. I that presume they wanted to watch it. I mean, it was, you know, there we go. Van yeah, yeah.
7: hey uh, what would you give that film out of 10? I'd give it 8. Oh, Yeah, because I wouldn't give it up there because it's not the kind of film I'd watch, say, in July. No, no. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, I mean... My films that are in my top things I can watch it any time of the year But I'll definitely watch it again next year Mm. So you're going to buy it? because I've saw it now So I can look for the other stuff You know what I mean? I always say I like films And they want to watch them the second time the most Yeah Because you can get past all the story And then look in Go in depth into the film And look at stuff And that's what I'll do Next time I watch it
6: We'll we'll bring it back on Monday Because Steve wants to buy it
7: (laughs) Yeah, I'll put it in my bag now Has he not saw it? Uh, no, no, he's not
6: seen it either. So it'd be
7: interesting what he thinks
6: about it because he's quite a hard person. I know, yeah, I, I reckon he get. Well, he, he's getting quite emotional every time he looks at his pug when he gets home. So I reckon, I reckon, <laughs> I
4: reckon, <laughs> I reckon
6: this will break him. Now, Cal, it wouldn't be Christmas, would it, without a certain thing?
4: Yeah,
6: is uh, is it Rob K, perchance? It is, we do have a Rob K email. So let me line it up. Santa, put the content of your sack on air. <laughs> okay, here we go. Now, hopefully, Cal, I won't have the issue no. in last episode. Really in which I lost my voice. Um, that took a lot of editing. <laughs> <laughs> it took a lot of editing to get that pull that one back.
7: Compose yourself.
6: I will compose that. Hey, you got a lot of birthday love on the, the Facebook group, didn't you?
7: I certainly did. I much appreciate it.
6: Yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. Hello, waffles. No, now again I haven't read this.
7: No oh, god.
6: Eating it live, so <laughs> Okay. I'm gonna have to get you to start doing these. You know yeah, I
7: mean?
6: yeah. Okay. Hello waffles. How is you and this is in capital letters, the mad dog face Kelly. I seized him last week when I was following him. Oh, don't, I what? See, <laughs> I seized him last week when I was following him and he looks more mad than ever. He looks very mad looking. It almost crisps mass, that very excite waffles. What has you asked Santa for? Mad Dog will get nothing as he has been a bad boy. Mum tells me what she would like, dot, 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 dot. Disaster. It means going... (laughs) It means going to the butt plug shop near mine. I thought you were looking
7: behind your daughter then, weren't
6: you? I did, because you just walked through. (laughs) Yes, yeah, so apparently that, that shop's quite busy. It has had queues down the street ever since Bogus said the shops could open again, Waffles. I go over early one morning hoping to beat the big queues outside, but a huge coup already of people wanting butt plugs. I wanks past the people and families waiting, and it makes me very sad, Waffles. I stops in the corner to decide what to do as mum really wants the butt plug. But I hate queues. Suddenly, I see something in a shop window that makes me jump with joy and punch the air. In a second-hand shop window was an enormous display of almost new sex toys. (laughs) (laughs) Hurrah! The toys were set out in... (laughs) I am so sorry. The toys were set out in a nativity display... With dildos of all shapes and sizes to be the shepherds, wise men, Mary and Joseph. Then, in a little baby cut, was the perfect book plug for (laughs) The baby Jesus. (laughs) How long does this go on for? Um, One of the wise men was a huge one. He was probably the wise man who bought myrrh. And because he was so big, no one dared tell him what a rubbish present that is for a baby. Joseph was a Joseph was a big shiny wooden (laughs) Joseph was a big shiny wooden dong which was a mixed touch with him being a carpenter (laughs) the display says (laughs) which is pretty clever but I think the vagin Mary and the holy lord baby would be better I buy the anal baby Jesus (laughs) And the and the middle shepherd is a stocky filler. <laughs> Mum will be pleased. I promise. I promise. Christmas poem to try to cheer people up as it's been a tough year. I hope all waffle people are doing okay. Merry Christmas, perm. And here's the poem. Oh okay. yeah. I love Christmas, Christmas and presents and big Christmas tree. I love wanking in the snow with his wife up to your knees. (laughs) Christmas telly is rubbish these days on BBC and Sky, but Christmas food is the best with turkey and mum's hairy pie. (laughs) (laughs) I like Santa with his red coat and big rosy cheeks. Just like me into Mad Dog's house he will sneaks. 2020 has been shit, so drink lots of beer and wine To all waffly people have a wonderful Christmas time. Merry Christmas everyone, see you in 2020. Bob K. Hey,
7: that's very good. That was very good. Thank you, Bob K. I noticed I, I, his emails. to taking a lot more of a sexual orientation as they go. <laughs> I'm going
6: to have to make up a theme tune now so that like, you can put it on so everyone knows because if anyone skips to a certain point in his podcast <laughs> and it comes up <laughs> something where the Jesus is. It's going to be quite embarrassing.
7: <laughs> Merry Christmas to you, Rob Car. Merry Christmas to you. Yes, Merry
6: Christmas to you, Rob, and Merry Christmas to all our wonderful listeners out there from around the world.
7: Right, well, let's get
6: off and wish everybody a very Merry Christmas.
7: Yes, Merry Christmas, waffle our listeners. We do really appreciate your listenership.
6: And we shall see you all again in 2021 with Lost in Translation.
7: Yep, so a happy new year to you all.
6: Bye.
1: You've been listening to Waffle On. If you'd like to get in touch or join the mailing list, you can by emailing the guys at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com. You can also have some waffly fun by joining their Facebook page. Simply type in Waffle On Podcast in the search bar, and away you go. Has been a waffle on production copyright Simon Mettings and Mark C Kelly uh,
8: the story is about the man and his wife sitting having breakfast very nice couple and uh, the man said mark uh, Margaret uh, no it was the other way around uh, Margaret said to John uh, John uh, if I would die uh, would you get married right away after my death but John said, "Well, that's the darnedest thing. i here. We here's a beautiful morning, and we're sitting here having a nice breakfast together. You bring up this terrible thing about death. I'm not going to talk to you. That's a terrible thing to do, Margaret. And and I uh, forget about it. Forget about it. But she didn't forget about it. She brought the same thing up that night, and uh, he did the same thing. And then for about three days, she she said, now, what if I would die?'" Uh, would you get married?" Uh, Finally, he gave up, and he said one night, uh, she said, if I would die, would you, would you get married again? He said, yes. I would. Now, no. is that settled?" She said, uh, w- would you sell the house? He said, uh, no. I would no, I wouldn't sell the house. She said, uh, uh, would you sell our bed? He, he said, no. No, I wouldn't. Uh, our bed is, I, I I don't see any th- reason I, No, I wouldn't sell, sell the bed. She said, well you certainly wouldn't let her touch my golf clubs. <laughs> and he said, no. No, she she's left-handed. <laughs>